In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Prayer is conversation with God. In a genuine conversation, sometimes we are talking and sometimes we are listening, but the essence of it is communication. To communicate with someone requires two things. We must be self-aware. We must know who we are and what we are bringing into the conversation. We must be aware of the other to whom we're talking, who the other is, what they want and need from us. Today's gospel provides a reflection on prayer and communication. The prayer of the Pharisee in the parable was not a conversation. There was no communication between him and God. Jesus described the Pharisee's prayer by saying, quote, he prayed thus with himself. The Pharisee lacked self-awareness, and he also lacked awareness of God. He thought he was doing well, and he thought God was pleased with him. He did not know that he was a sinner and that God was not at all pleased. He did not know God or himself. The tax collector did not pray merely, quote, with himself. He knew that he was a sinner who had not fulfilled the righteous requirements of the Torah. And he knew that God is holy. He knew that to approach God, it was appropriate for him to ask for mercy. Knowledge of self and knowledge of God resulted in a genuine conversation, an exchange. As Jesus said, quote, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. To be justified means to be restored to communion with God. It means the distance created by sin has been solved in the act of redemption and communion. When a sinner asks God for mercy, God is pleased to be merciful and forgive. That is why he sent his son into the world. But when the sinner pretends to be righteous, he approaches God presumptuously, and the distance between the sinner and God remains. St. Paul illustrates both of the characters in today's gospel. Before his conversion on the road to Damascus, which is conveyed in Acts chapter 9, Paul was Saul the Pharisee. In Philippians, St. Paul describes his self-assessment, his former self-assessment as Saul the Pharisee. He writes, quote, circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. One can envision Saul the Pharisee praying in the same manner as the Pharisee in today's parable. Then Saul the Pharisee met Jesus on the road to Damascus and became Paul the penitent. The conversion of St. Paul is conveyed three times in Acts, one describing the initial event, and then twice 
as Paul retold the story as part of his testimony. In Paul's retelling, he says that Jesus appeared to him at noon or noonday. Noonday was one of the three Jewish hours of prayer. Thus, it is likely that Paul was praying when Jesus appeared to him. In vision, Saul the Pharisee, uttering his midday prayers as he was on his way to persecute the Christians whom he hated and to whom he felt vastly superior. Envision Paul praying thus with himself. Paul thought he was talking to God, and then God actually appeared. Paul discovered that God was not who he thought he was. And Paul discovered in the light of this revelation that he himself was not who he thought he was either. Paul saw God clearly shining in the face of Jesus Christ. And Paul saw himself more clearly in that light. In today's epistle, St. Paul describes the impact of that vision. <clears throat> he writes, quote, Last of all, Christ was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles. I am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Seeing God as he really is, an accurate vision of God turned Saul the Pharisee into Paul the penitent. Throughout the Bible, when people see God clearly, it makes them humble and penitent. It makes them aware that God is holy and other. And in the light of the divine glory, it makes them aware of their own sin. In Isaiah chapter 6, the prophet had a vision of God on his throne. Isaiah said in response, quote, Woe is me, because I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. St. Peter recognized Jesus as God after the miraculous catch of fish on the Sea of Galilee. He said in response, quote, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. St. John had a vision of the glorified Christ in Revelation chapter 1. In response, he, quote, fell at his feet as though dead. When we see God as he is in his holiness, beauty, and majesty, we see ourselves as we are with our sins and flaws. But that is not all we see. God, who is holy, and in whose light we see our sin more clearly, nonetheless invites us to come into a relationship with him through repentance and faith. When God reveals himself to us and helps us to see ourselves more clearly, the purpose is not to frighten us, to scare us away. The purpose is to reveal reality to us, 
to help us see things as they really are, to establish a real conversation and relationship. The dual revelation of the reality of God and our human condition is the prelude to the authentic communication that we call prayer. When we respond to the vision of God and the revelation of our condition with repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, we are restored to union with God. We are justified. This is the very drama of our liturgy. Through the liturgy, we encounter reality. The liturgy reveals who God is and reveals who we are and leads us into authentic prayer and the experience of communion. The great danger of the spiritual life is that we will pray with a false view of God, which leads to a false view of ourselves. This error can go in two directions. We can view God wrongly as harsh, judgmental, and vindictive. In response to this false vision, we can feel perpetually horrible about ourselves, as though we can never be good enough to approach God and can never be forgiven. In the other direction, we can view God as a being who thinks sin is no big deal so that we overlook what is wrong in our lives and never engage in that searching self-examination, which is the prelude to authentic communion. Often, our vision of God is formed by past experiences of authority in our lives. If we have experienced authority as harsh and vindictive, or lax and uncaring, or negligent and abusive, we will tend to project these images onto God. This is the reason it is so important to have our vision of God continually formed and reformed by the teachings of the Bible, and by the liturgies of the church. This is the reason it is so important to have faithful, spiritual companions, teachers, and guides who can model God's faithfulness to us. This is the reason we need to cultivate space in our lives for stillness and silence in prayer. In that silence, we can quiet the noise of the world and the false voices of our past, and hear the holy and loving voice of our Heavenly Father. Another reason we adopt the false view of ourselves is that we compare ourselves to others. In the Gospel, the Pharisee compared himself to the tax collector. Comparison is the oldest motive for sin, or oldest after the first sin the oldest motive for the second sin. Cain, rather than repenting for his sin, instead compared himself to his brother and killed him to cover up the evidence of his own sin. When we feel inferior, we criticize other people in order to make ourselves feel better. We may feel bad about ourselves because we compare ourselves to others to whom we think we can never measure up, and so are always feeling inferior. Or it is likely when we engage in comparison that we do both of these things at different times. 
God doesn't care who we are in comparison to anyone else. He invites everyone into fellowship with himself through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. As Romans 3.23 teaches us, quote, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So as you come to God through Jesus today, don't look to your left or to your right. Rather, look at the glory of God shining in the face of Jesus Christ. In the light of God's presence, see yourselves as a sinner and recognize your sin. But see yourself as a sinner worthy of redemption, a sinner for whom Christ died whose sins will be forgiven. Say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And then leave the altar of God as a forgiven and justified child of God. For as Jesus said, quote, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm.